Cruise Radio is brought to you in part by TripInsurance.com. Travel insurance done right by the people who know travel insurance. Get a quote today at TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Very happy to have you here. Coming up later on in the show, we'll get a review of Ruby Princess. Just got out of dry dock on her comeback new upgrades. We'll call it Princess 2.0. So Jason will talk all about the upgrades and his sailing to the Mexican Riviera aboard Ruby Princess. Don't forget to check out our Facebook page, Cruise Radio News. Just search that on Facebook. Also, follow us on Snapchat. We're there at Cruise Radio. Back, it's Stuart Chiron, the cruise guy, finally. What's up, Stuart? Hey, Doug. How's you doing? Good. How are you doing? You've been gone for so long. You were, uh, I understand you were over in Europe for Harmony of the Seas? I went out to uh, France, went to Saint-Nazaire, and had a chance to experience Harmony of the Seas in the shipyard, as well as seeing Oasis Class 4 under construction. So we saw you know, different ships. In various stages of construction, we also saw pieces of uh, the new MSE ships uh, sprawled about the pier area there in France. Nice. Now, uh, this Harmony of the Seas is an Oasis-class ship that's due out later this year, and she'll be homeported in South Florida, right? She will be in Fort Lauderdale. Okay. Uh, she does debut in May, and um, you know she will be starting her inaugural season in, in the, doing the Mediterranean, essentially picking up where Allure of the Seas you know, finished last year in mm-hmm. 2015, and then uh, at the end, you know October November she'll uh, head to Fort Lauderdale and uh, begin her sailings there as she replaces Oasis of the Seas. Then Oasis comes closer to us here and going to Port Canaveral, correct? Correct. Okay, nice. Looking forward to and, that. Um, but it's you know the, the Harmony. It's slightly bigger than Oasis and Allure. It's 227,000 tons. Carries a few more people. <laughs> And, uh, I mean, they have some, some unique things. Of course, I think what people are going to most notice is the new slides they have. And when you get up on the back deck and you look 10 stories down where the abyss is going to be, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty amazing. The ship looks terrific, and uh, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Is she floating right now? Oh, yeah. Okay. She, she's floating in the water. Structurally, she's done. Right now, they're just working on uh, getting the, the interiors done. She will have... Some quantum stuff, so I, I guess you can call it uh, Oatum class, mm-hmm. which is a combination of Oasis and Quantum. Uh, she will have the, the bionic bar. You know, she will have you know various uh, dining options. So uh, I mean, they've done a nice job melding the two the two different classes. Nice. Now, uh, speaking of Quantum class, Royal Caribbean's Anthem of the Seas, of course, earlier in February came back to port because there was a bad storm off the coast of North Carolina. And here we are again, a sailing or two later, same issue, but this time they're throwing in uh, norovirus too. So what happened to Anthem and why did it come back early? Well, the norovirus that, that they had, it was reported, Doug, that uh, it was, it, they did hit the uh, outbreak stage, which is 3%. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, it, it really doesn't mean anything. Okay. Uh, most people aren't even going to notice anything going on. It's, uh, it's just, unfortunately, you know, some people make it into a frenzy. You know, there could be maybe 10 people in a day that, that may have it that are quarantined to their cabin, 10. It's not a big deal. It's nothing you'll notice. You will notice that at different stages that you may or may not be able to select your food at the, at the buffet. You may or may not be able to touch the salt and pepper shakers or the bread bowls. Uh, the crew may do that uh, with the white gloves on to 
reduce the person-to-person impact. So that, that's, that's nothing. Cruise lines don't bring ships back early. This case was uh, they, they were predicting some foul weather in the Cape Hatteras area off the coast of the Carolinas that would have caused significantly high seas when they were scheduled to pass. Mm-hmm. So uh, in order to avoid that when the storm was supposed to be in the area, they decided to head back two days early to ensure that the the ship and the, and the passengers uh, had a smoother sailing experience than what you know they had before. But I think what's important, Doug, to understand is there, there's a reason why you know the industry stopped sailing from New York in the winter, and it, a large, in large part, it is because of the high seas. Yeah. Uh, Thirty foot waves are really not a big deal. Uh, over the years, you know, if you look back, uh, you know, NCL and Norwegian Jam has been hit by rogue waves, you know, with water, you know, slamming, you know, across the bow, over the bridge, breaking windows in the front of the ship. Uh, so it, it's not, it's not like this hasn't happened before. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, in an abundance of caution, Royal Caribbean brought the ship back a little early to avoid any possibility of of bad weather. So it was brought back a little early. It was on a 12-night sailing, so that means it came back, like, what, three days early? It was two days. Two days early? Okay, gotcha. So, you know, they did offer, you know, some some compensation for the missed days, and uh, as well as future cruise credit. Okay, very nice. Uh, moving on here, quite a few ships in dry dock getting refurbs, or were in dry dock. So we'll start with Carnival Fantasy. They just got a little fun ship 2.0. Yeah, I mean, the ship's getting ready. I mean, right now, she's going to be in Miami. And then she'll eventually head up to uh, to resume the Mobile, Alabama sailings. But, uh, you know, Guy's Burger Joint, um, the Blue Iguana, Red Frog Rum Bar. So, I mean, they, they've got some nice uh, features on board to make her relevant to what, you know, they have, you know, with uh, different dining and, and bars available on other ships. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure people are going to enjoy those new features. And Carnival Magic, which was launched in 2011, currently in dry dock right now at Grand Bahama Shipyard in Freeport, Bahamas, also getting Fun Ship 2.0. Right. That's the uh, the second of three Carnival Dream Class ships. She's going in, uh, you know, actually she's there now. Yeah, she's there right now. And uh, getting similar features, uh, including uh, the Pizzeria, you know, Del Capitano, uh, the Alchemy Bar, Red Frog Rum Bar, which is very similar to features found on her sister, uh, Carnival Breeze. Mm-hmm. Moving on to Pride of America, based year-round in Hawaii, uh, right now over in San Francisco in Dry Dock? She is in Dry Dock in San Francisco, and uh, they're putting a lot of new features. Uh, I was on her in August. Uh, she looked great. I mean, it is the highest-priced ship you know, on a seven-day itinerary essentially sailing today it's unbelievable how much money uh, they get uh, per person and it is the destination yeah but that um, that jones act has got to be killing norwegian though with the american well, crew but, and taxes well remember and they they don't have that because it's a us flagged us registered ship so they don't have to sail um, but uh, but their operational costs that's what i mean yeah are are significantly higher uh, than other ships but um uh, let me tell you, Doug, if you, if you ever get a chance, it's a wonderful uh, experience to spend those, uh, t- you know, almost 100 hours in port. You know, the two days in Maui, two days in Kauai, Hilo, Kona. It's a great sailing, and uh, they just continue to put more money into the ship. 
to make it uh, reminiscent of what the other ships have with the different restaurants and the bars. They've done some really, really nice jobs. Are we going to see anything, like any big changes on Pride of America? Well, I'm, I'm waiting to see the, the latest list. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I mean, you don't do, I mean, they're doing, you know, structural changes, which is why it's in dry dock versus, mm-hmm. you know, just doing wet dock. So yeah. uh, it's, it's, it, is a, it is a big list. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing it again. Norwegian Cruise Line made an announcement earlier this week, and they're changing up their dining package, their beverage package, and making Norwegian Escape leave later. So normally Norwegian Escape is scheduled to leave at 4 p.m., effective like now or next sailing it's going to be leaving at 7 p.m. Why is that? As far as the change the departure changes they're saying that uh, they want to allow their you know guests arriving you know on later flights to arrive in Miami and uh, you know passengers to be able to enjoy their cruise doesn't make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> I mean, you know Miami is uh you know one of the the biggest airports in the country and uh no other cruise lines are having any issues. So we're going to delve a little deeper into that to find out what's really going on uh, as far as you know why this one ship is doing later departures and no one else is is having to do so. But um, they may not need the extra. They, they may not. You know, they may have the extra few hours with the distance that they're going to in the Eastern Caribbean. But you know, anyone in the right mind, Doug, would tell you that they don't care. They'd just rather be sailing. Right. You know, and- let's get out of there at four o'clock. We don't want to have a lifeboat drills at uh, at six o'clock yeah dinner time or, right or or be in port you know while at dinner but in in some places you know like uh, like hawaii for example doug they do have those late departures mm-hmm. so maybe maybe they're just kind of testing it out but uh We'll, we'll figure that out, and we'll, we'll touch base in the next another episode. Yeah, yeah. And also, uh, Norwegian is also raising the prices on their dining package by $10 and beverage package by $10, which is a little interesting because it seems like every sale Norwegian has right now, they're basically giving you dining and beverage. Correct. And uh, they're hitting you up with the uh, 18% gratuities. Mm-hmm. You know, what's interesting with their new campaign, I guess they should rename it, and they should call it the Feel Fee. Um, you know, feel the fees, um, <laughs> because they certainly have a lot of them now. But yeah, it's interesting. They're trying to squeeze, you know, you know, an extra ten dollars a day, or you know, seventy dollars for the week. And uh, you know, it's it's just interesting how you know every couple of weeks there's a new fee or higher fees that uh, they've been coming out with. So we'll see how you know passengers respond to it. And uh, you know, for that, I mean, you get uh, beer. You know, wine up to fifteen dollars, and unlimited uh, sodas and juices. You know, around the ship, and uh, you know, but we'll see how the passengers respond. Okay, yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah, I just found it interesting because they're including all this and they're raising the prices. But hey, more power to them if they can do it. Uh, also, one more change here at NCL, and they're changing up their entertainment. Million Dollar Quartet debuted on Norwegian Escape. Great show too. Now moving to Getaway. Yeah, and and they're they're moving it out of the supper club, mm-hmm. which I mean it really was a lounge act. So where you know they they had the show, there was the stage if you recall, and then the the car- the cast were coming out into the audience, or they were coming from behind you. So it was just a very um, you know I, I guess an, an encompassing entertainment venue. So you know it'll be interesting to see how they can do something similar in in a larger showroom. Mm-hmm. You know, you lose you lose the intimacy. But you know, what I'd like to see them do is for you know the, the, those smaller venues is is actually do something to improve uh, 
the food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that food <laughs> I mean, was not good. The food is really what is is needed uh, for improvement at these uh, shows. Yeah. But uh, it was you know Million Dollar Quartet was was a great show, if you recall. You know we caught most of it. But uh, you know the Brad Pack, which was a lot of you know, which was really kind of a a, a montage of of different teen movies from the 1980s. You know, when he had Sixteen Candles and The Breakfast Club and Weird Science, Pretty in Pink and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. It was a lot of fun, and people were were laughing and singing, and it was it was a it was a great show. So it'll be interesting to see how how they can develop in in the new venues. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, it, yeah, it, the food. Not to harp on it, but they could definitely improve the food in there as well. Uh, switching here, last but not least, the talking point here. Uh, we were talking about beverage packages earlier with Norwegian Carnival has increased the value, not the price, but the value of their Cheers All You Can Drink beverage packages. And it, it's rather interesting here, Stuart, because it's it seems like they're losing money on this because now you can order. The, the previous drink limit or the previous drink value, you could order drinks up to $10, but now it's up to $50 per drink? Yeah, that's Doug, that, that is really surprising. Hmm. You know, when you look at the cost of it, at uh, if you buy it in advance at $50 per person, or if you buy it on the ship for 55 you know, plus the gratuities, of course, um, I mean, you can, I mean, one drink, but, you know, I mean, who's, who's really, you know, I mean, you can have a nice glass of wine, the wine could be forty dollars per, you know, or let's say before it was, you know, I can't imagine you weren't going to get a very high quality wine at ten dollars a glass. Mm-hmm. So you know, here you might be able to get a nicer glass of wine, and you know, it's nice. I mean, up to up to fifty dollars, but uh, you know, we'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's rather interesting. Uh, last but not least, here we have a listener question. The listener asks, what is the latest update on Royal Caribbean's Empress of the Seas? When will she be sailing, and is there anything special or a reason to sail on her? Well, she is a Royal Caribbean ship, so that, that should be a reason enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she, she does begin sailing uh, from Miami on 4 and 5 nine cruises uh, beginning on March the 30th. So it's, it's, just, it's right around the corner. And, you know, it's, it's interesting, Doug. This actually, Empress of the Seas originally debuted in May of 1990 as the Nordic Empress. Mm-hmm. And this ship was originally being built by Admiral Cruises, which Royal Caribbean, you know, purchased. And uh, so they, they made some changes. And uh, the most noticeable one was they had to figure out at the time how to add a Viking Crown Lounge to the back. Yeah. Um, so at the time, I mean, this was the one that really didn't completely circumvent the ship. But I mean, it is a pretty ship. It is, you know, it's about a forty-eight thousand ton ship. Um, you know, it's, a, it's an intimate ship, and uh, she's special to me. That was my uh, first cruise, two hundred and twenty-three or two hundred twenty-four cruises ago, back in. Uh, August of 1990. So it's going to be nice to see her again. Wow! Yeah, it, coming up on 26 years. Yeah. Ah. Wow, hard to believe, but uh, yeah, she she she's a great ship, and uh, she was redeployed to Royal's Spanish uh, company Pullman Tour back in uh, 2008. So we haven't seen her for uh, quite a long time. So yeah. after the refurbishment, uh, it'll be it'll be nice to see her again. We've been talking with Stuart Sheeran, the Cruise Guy at CruiseGuy.com. Also follow him on Twitter at CruiseGuy. Stuart, welcome back, and thanks for being here. My pleasure, Doug, and look forward to seeing you soon. You're listening to Cruise Radio, part of the iHeartRadio Talk Network.
For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. From its rich heritage, picturesque beaches, and unparalleled blue waters, it's no wonder over 7 million people cruise to the Caribbean every year. What do you want to do? Swim with stingrays at Stingray Bay? Go for an island tour? Take a beach break? Or set sail on a catamaran to spend the day snorkeling? Whatever you decide, CruisingExcursions.com has a shore excursion to fit your budget. Cruising Excursions knows your time on the island is limited and that you want to make the most of your day. That's why they have shore excursions up to 60% cheaper than the cruise lines and offer smaller, more personable tours. Find out for yourself. Research and book your next shore excursion at CruisingExcursions.com. We'd love to hear your comments. Email comments at cruiseradio.net. We always like to get your reviews here on the show. If you have one you'd like to share, shoot me an email, Doug, at cruiseradio.net. Doesn't matter the ship, doesn't matter the itinerary. We just love to have your review, so shoot me an email. Jason Leopard, cruise beat writer for TravelPulse.com, just returned from Ruby Princess on a seven-night Mexican Riviera sailing out of L.A. Jason's on the line right now. What's up, Jason? Hey, man. Good to be here. Likewise. Thanks for being on the show to talk about Ruby Princess. And uh, Ruby just underwent, it's called their Comeback New. Is that what they're officially calling it, Comeback New? Yeah, the Comeback New uh, Enhancement Program, I think you could call it. Okay, yeah, or Princess 2.0, either, or some new enhancements on the ship. So uh, we'll get to all of that in just a moment, but we'll jump right to embarkation first. I know you were sailing out of L.A. I've never been out of L.A. before, so how was it like embarking out of Los Angeles? It's pretty convenient. I mean, it's actually, it's kind of like Long Beach in that it's more of an industrial port, but Mm -hmm. once you're down there and on board the ship, it's pretty easy. Gotcha. How long would you say did it take you from curb to on the ship? Oh, it was really quick. I mean, I had to wait uh, because we got there early, but had I not... Been there early, probably all of 10 minutes, because I, we're actually part of the loyalty program, the top tier, and it's just great, you know, expedited uh, yeah. embarkation. Yeah, for sure. So what were your first impressions of Ruby Princess? I know you've probably been on the ship before because you're like elite with them, but what did you think yeah. this go around? Yeah, I mean, the thing I always say about Princess is that they're very consistent in their decor. Um, it's definitely that same kind of pastel colors that you would know on all their ships. And for their loyalty, um, obviously, people are really uh, happy with that. And they basically are just kind of, like you said, giving it the 2.0 treatment now and, uh yeah, really impressed with the new features. And uh, what kind of stateroom did you have, and what did you think of it? Yeah, we had a balcony stateroom, and also really nice. I mean, anytime you can get a balcony, that's great. They're actually in the process of rolling out their Princess Luxury Bed now, mm-hmm. and that's in partnership with, uh, I guess they're calling him a sleep doctor, Michael Brias, or Brias mm-hmm. and Candace Olson, who's one of the HGTV designers. And they basically are rolling this out. I say that because we had the mattress on our sailing, but we didn't yet have the linens installed. So I can say the mattress was very comfortable, supportive as well, but uh, we didn't quite have the fresh linens, which looked to be really nice, really handsome. As far as the balcony space and the space inside the cabin, what did you think of that? Yeah, it's pretty ample. I mean, there's staterooms for the balcony category. They don't actually have a sofa like some of the other ones do, so it's maybe a little smaller in that regard, but instead you have a desk and a minibar. Uh, shower is a little smaller than I'd like, but you know, all in all, it's still a very comfortable room. Uh, happy with that. And, I mean, it really comes down to the venues that are in the public areas anyway, and yeah. and that's really what the focus was on for us. I will say I really do appreciate Princess's walk-in closets, though. 
Yeah, yeah, it's nice. So awesome. It? Yeah, for sure. Let's switch gears now and talk about food, which is part of the Comeback New program that Princess rolled out about a year ago, where they're teaming up with different celebrity chefs and bringing them uh, on board. So, talk to us about the food and uh, what can we expect with the new food on board. Yeah, well, my impression of Princess in the recent past has been that they've kind of declined a little bit. And I have to say that Comeback New is really bringing the lineup to par with what they're going at for the premium the premium standards that they're looking for. And the new food that was on board was they've actually replaced their Italian specialty restaurant with Cher by Curtis Stone. That was one of the specialty ones. And also the Salty Dog Gastropub, which is um, in collaboration with the chef Ernesto Uchimura. And both are really good. I mean, Curtis Stone is obviously kind of getting the top billing here. And by all means, the food there is exquisite. It's kind of based around this like sharing idea of, you know, everybody gathers around the table, everybody gets maybe one of each dish, and you just kind of sample each and try it and share it amongst yourselves and, you know, talk about it and comment on it. And the food, like I said, was definitely on actually a luxury level, I would say. And the only downside I'd say is that maybe the the courses, they they really kind of shy you away from ordering more than one plate. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you always talk about, oh, I can order as much as you want of everything, you know, like in the main dining room usually. But this, they were really like, no, we really want you to have just one of each. And with that, it was kind of a meager meal, but still absolutely delicious and top-notch for foodies for sure. Is the Curtis Stone experience, is this surcharged? It is a surcharge, but they also have Curtis Stone menu items that are available for free in the main dining room as well every night. So okay. you can have that. Let me ask you this because I, I – of course, I haven't been to this restaurant yet. I've only seen the menu and I've seen a lot of photos. But my question is I'm a more meat and potatoes kind of guy and I'm not necessarily a foodie as you would say. Would I like that? Because I like – I was looking at the menu and there was like – leak on there and all kind of I, I, yeah. I couldn't pronounce half the food on there yeah it's definitely a little more what you call maybe off menu mm-hmm. um it's more the the fancy food that kind of thing they definitely still have crown grill for you for the steaks but okay. uh, it's more i would say it kind of skews more towards seafood at share um which was fantastic I, I have to say probably the best seafood i've ever had uh, on a ship for sure was was at this restaurant it was really impressive do they still have sabatinis they don't. This is what actually replaced that. Okay, interesting. And uh, did you get to eat in the Crown Grill at all, the steakhouse? I did. That was also great. But, you know, really the shining star, I have to say, was the Salty Dog Gastropub. And that has actually been kind of retrofitted into a portion of the Wheelhouse Bar. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, you know, it's a pub atmosphere. You know, you get, you know, beers and cocktails and that kind of thing to start. And really for a, you know, a very small surcharge, you get... Uh, three main plates, a pretty substantial appetizer, and a decent dessert. And it's actually, I think, a much better value than share, and definitely worth repeating because these dishes were fantastic. And particularly their Ernesto burger was just, I have to say, hands down, the best burger I've ever had at sea. It was phenomenal. Awesome. You said a small surcharge. Do you know what that was offhand? Man, I have to look it yeah, up. No worries. We can. Uh, Sorry. Yeah, no worries. Um, okay. okay, cool. So then there was the, uh, how about the Horizon Court? Is that pretty consistent among ship to ship? I know you've been on a lot of them. Yeah, and honestly, that's a complaint of mine. Uh, I, they have what I would call the cul-de-sac of food mm-hmm. arrangement. Uh, their their buffet is definitely very congested, but the food quality is great there as well as in the main dining room. Um, and even above and beyond that, as part of Comeback New, they're offering the Chocolate Journeys program, which is in partnership with Norman Love, the chocolatier. And you can even do a tasting with or actually a pairing, if you will, with wine and chocolate. So that's pretty nice. uh, special, too. And uh, if, if you don't know what we're talking about, Horizon Court is Princess's buffet area or the Lido Deck buffet, whatever you want to call it. Uh, as far as the main dining room goes, what time dining did you have? We actually had, I think, the early seating. Early, yes. early seating? Okay, cool. How was the food down there? 
It was very good. And the fact that you can get Curtis Stone menu items was also great. I had uh, his mac and cheese, which was uh, definitely a more gourmet take on it and really delicious. They have a uh, – some of their ships have a seafood restaurant certain nights of the week, like especially in the back, like a crab shack I think it was yeah. called. Did they yeah, have they that have that. We didn't have a chance to try it out, but uh-huh. they did have that on board. Cool. Yeah, that's a great deal as well. Um, nice. Well, let's move on here and talk about entertainment aboard Ruby Princess because not only did they team up with Curtis Stone and bring some new food on board, they also teamed up with Steven Schwartz, who's like a super, super famous – he's a producer, right? He's actually a composer, composer a musical composer. That's it. Yeah. yeah, and he's done a lot of Disney uh, movies and a lot of other ones as well. Um, so what are we seeing from Steven Schwartz as far as the onboard experience? It was really cool. So he's developed uh, one show to start. I believe he's working on some other ones for Princess as well. But the first show is called Magic to Do, and it's essentially a review of some of his more popular numbers, You know, everything from Wicked to Pippin. So, of course, you have Defying Gravity in there and things. But they actually did a really good job of weaving a narrative into it and also illusions, uh, classic magic tricks. And it was really cool to see you know, how they, they basically took songs that were – you know, loosely or more directly corresponding to magic and brought that together with kind of a, you know, a main magician character and his sort of his team of assistants in this very fantastical world that's presented on stage. And, you know, again, I think Princess used to be a really high, had really high marks for entertainment and they dropped a little bit, but this show is really bringing them back up to that, that high level that I used to remember them having. And it was just fantastic. Uh, they've also partnered up with The Voice, and I have to say, I mean, I, I honestly had never seen an episode of The Voice, believe mm-hmm. it or not, before going on board. But the fact that this theater was completely, you know, entirely standing room only. I mean, I, w- I got there maybe, you know, 15 minutes before and I still had to stand to get some photos of everything. But my goodness, it was popular. I mean, all demographics were represented. It was cool. Kind of like, uh, like an American Idol experience. Yeah, yeah. And the thing that's neat about it is it's actually inviting you know, guests on board to actually participate. So if you go to the karaoke sessions earlier on on the cruise, the entertainment staff is kind of keeping an eye out for you know, talent. And then they invite you on to be one of eight contestants on the very final night of the cruise where you basically go up there, you sing you know, a song you've been practicing with live music in the background. They actually have the band uh, up there with uh, even backing singers. And they had the three, you know, I want you chairs that are basically you know, exact replicas <laughs> of what's on the show. I mean, you don't have celebrities. You have, you know, entertainment staff and officers instead. But it was really cool. I mean, it was really fun. People really got into it. They even give you, you know, remote tabulation devices, little electronic pads. So when it comes time to vote, you just push your favorite person in there and you're good to go. And, you know, yeah, crown the, the voice of the ocean, as they say. So you mean that Blake Shelton and Adam Levine aren't on every sailing doing the voice? Fortunately not. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So I, I'm a huge production geek, and I love the behind-the-scenes yeah. stuff. Do they have, like, the, the voice music and the this is the voice and all that stuff happening during yeah. the show? Yeah, they had a lot of the sizzle reels and bumpers nice. and stuff. It's cool. Yeah. I love it. That sounds really cool. Uh, yeah. As far as other entertainment around the ship, anything else stick out to you? Um, really, the, the voice of the ocean uh, yeah. and all that's great. You know, I have to say that the Piazza, their central atrium, was really cool, too, because they really do a great job of gathering people there in a social environment. And they actually had kind of um, vaudeville shows there, which I thought were kind of neat. And people were really into that as well. So cool. all good, good stuff. Yeah, yeah. I remember on, I think it was Regal or Royal, they had that Beatles tribute band. Yeah, so it was really, really cool, and like it was almost re- like scary how they resembled them. So cool there. Right. Uh, let's talk about uh, real quick here, as far as how the ship handled itself on sea days, as far as passenger flow, both inside and out, by the pool and all that. It was pretty good, you know. Um, again, really, the, the only downside is that that cul-de-sac of food. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, it was actually really well spread out. And one of the things that I tried for the first time on board was actually the sanctuary, which is their adults-only uh, area on the ship at the very top, uh, forward 
upper deck there. And uh, it was great. I mean, it is a surcharge, but and I used to think, like, why are they charging us money for this when you can go on Carnival and they have essentially the same thing and it's free? But you do actually get perks that, you know, you wouldn't have on Carnival. They'll bring out, like, a music player and noise-canceling headphones. You can even have, you know, food served up there, and it's really quiet, under the shade, under the sun, however you like it. It was just really pleasant up there. If you do want to escape people, that's definitely the place to go. Yeah, and the, the cost for this, the, the sanctuary, I believe, is 20 for a half a day and 40 for a full day? Right, that yeah, sound right? half day segments. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. gotcha. Very cool. All right, well, uh, in closing here, Jason, I don't want to take up much more of your time, but uh, what are your final thoughts of Ruby Princess? Ruby Princess is definitely uh, symbolic of what Princess Cruises is doing for their future, and um, because of that, I have to say they're doing a fantastic job, and I'm excited to see how it rolls out to the rest of the fleet and their future ships. Before you hop here, I want to ask you uh, just one more thing, because a couple of weeks ago, Princess announced that they were putting their Sea Witch logo on the front of Majestic Princess, but they're rolling it out fleet-wide. What are your thoughts on that? I'm just curious. Uh, yeah, well, actually, I studied graphic design. That's actually what I got my degree in. So, uh, honestly, I had mixed feelings about it, just because when you look at what maybe AIDA is doing or Norwegian, right. they have elements that are more colorful, maybe a little bit more nuanced, and have more detail and more elements uh, that spread out better across the entire whole surface, whereas this is a single-color logo. And it's really big on there. <laughs> so I think there's definitely an elegance to it with the flowing hair and things like that. Uh, it remains to be seen how it actually looks in person. But, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll give, it a, we'll give it a shot and see what people think. But uh, I'm holding, holding back final judgment. There you say. go. All right. Yeah, we were talking about ga- the uh, Salty Dog Gastro Pub earlier in the show. And, uh, the yeah. surcharge is actually $19 for that. So it seems like it's a cool. pretty good deal for everything you get. It really is. Yeah, it really is. for sure. We've been talking with Jason Leopard. He's the cruise beat writer at TravelPulse.com. Jason, my friend, thanks for being on the show. And if you want to see Jason's write-up on this, we'll link to it in the show notes at CruiseRadio.net. Thank you for being here, Jason. Thanks for having me. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker from my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Overseas Radio Network, iTunes, or at CruiseRadio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at CruiseRadio.net. I'm your announcer.